Hello everyone, this is Richard with Richard Runs Trails. Um, bringing to you today uh, my Monday trail talk. Um, it was a live stream on my YouTube channel. If you'd like to see the video, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is also named Richard Runs Trails. Had a great discussion, talked about some of my challenges with my Garmin Phoenix watch. and We talked about racing in Arkansas with some of the people in chat. But hope you enjoy it. If you'd like to get a hold of me, you can reach me at runnerrwe at gmail.com. And or reach me through my YouTube channel, or you can also leave a comment on the um, on this podcast, and it will I will get it. But enjoy the Monday Trail Talk, and have a good run. Take care. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. This is Richard with the Richard Runs Trails. I'm just checking to make sure I'm live on YouTube. See what we got going here. And we are live. So happy Monday to everyone. Um, I'm trying to uh, stream uh, several times per week. Um, Today is, uh, I don't have any big subjects to talk about. I want to talk about Garmin and uh, my brother, the ultra trucker, might join. I've sent him a link. He's uh, right now. He's uh, driving his truck, and I think he's in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He's up north, so it's cold. Um, sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. I don't really know why. I have four shots in my system already: three COVID and one flu. So I'm not sure why I am catching a cold. Everyone in my family had somewhat of a cold. I know it's not COVID. Um, I've been on antibiotics for my uh, messed up toe from Brazos Band infected toe. And that kind of dried up my throat a little bit, but I do have a cold, a little bit of a nose problem. Everyone in my family's had it, but I'm a little bit surprised because I had the flu shot and everything else. Maybe it'd be much worse if I didn't have it. So anyways, tonight I'm going to be drinking uh, HEB sparkling water. It's pretty good actually. HEB, as I mentioned in previous programs, is a big uh, retail chain, kind of like Kroger, Albertsons. I think it's only available in Texas. Anyways, it's good stuff. Not not expensive either. So what's going on in trail running world? Well, for me, I fixed I fixed my Garmin Phoenix Six today. At least I think I did. Here it is right here. See this guy? Great watch. Um, I've had it about two years. Before that, I used a Garmin Phoenix 5S. So I've been using the Phoenix watches for probably four years, maybe longer. Well, um, uh, probably three, four months ago, in the middle of the summer, I was using the... um, pull swim um, app on the Garmin watch. That's different than open water swim. Open water swim, you use a GPS. But in a pool, you know, 50 meter pool, you can't use a GPS. So what it's really doing is counting your strokes of your arm, you know, hitting the water. And um, 
it was working okay for a while. And then I had one um, failure and it rebooted the watch and then it worked fine some, and then I had another one. Well, what happened was that those failures created corrupted fit files. Um, Garmin uses what they call fit files. That's the extension file. Well, they were in my activities folder on my computer or in the system, I guess you could say. And I needed to remove them. Well, to remove them, you have to go in and delete them from your activity file. Or you have to, you know, it's not an easy process. I'm, I think I'm pretty computer literate, but I still messed it up. I might have messed it up. I just didn't fix it. So I called Garmin today. Well, let me back up. During my Brazos Ben 100, you know, anytime I race, anytime I'm in a race, um, the night before I charge my watch to 100%, then I turn it off. Then I put it, you know, when I go to the race, you know, usually I have to drive a few hours, I put it on my, I put it on my wrist, but I don't turn it on. I don't know. I just like to have full power for the race, even though it's supposed to last 40 plus hours and I'm not going to use that many. Well, in Brazos Bend, I did that, and about 50K into the race, a little bit more than 50K, it was about eight hours, my watch shut down. I'm looking down and I'm like, what? You know, you know, it's very important during a 100-miler to have your watch for many reasons. I want the data for the whole race. Also, you want to know what pace you're, doing, you're going, and you want to know where you are compared to cutoff times. And uh, quit at eight hours, no, nothing I can do. I just had to do it the uh, old fashioned way, asking aid stations and checking my time. And uh, I just had to make an adjustment in Strava for the rest of the miles. But um needed to fix my watch. You know, during the last few weeks, <coughs> excuse me, there's that cough. During the last few weeks, Um, I've been having to charge my watch more than all, more than regular. Um, I didn't really think much of it, but now I'm starting to think that maybe it was showing me there was a problem. Anyways, my watch shut down at eight hours. I have a big problem. Watch is supposed to last 40 plus hours, 45 hours, maybe. So called, stayed on hold for probably 25 minutes today on Garmin. And um, finally got a hold of somebody and they were very helpful. They basically walked me through the process that I tried myself were deleting the activity files because it wouldn't sync correctly. It would sync, it would sync with my phone, but that's a different Garmin Connect. Um, the Garmin Connect on your computer is more extensive. So um, finally got it to sync. And she went into my watch remotely and said, hey, do you know that you have the oxygen blood sensor on? And I'm, I'm like, you know, lights going off in my head. Yeah, I remember messing with that maybe six months ago because I wanted to buy one of those oxygen sensors because, you know, that's what they say. You know, if your oxygen le blood level gets below 95 or something like that, you might have COVID. I was like, well... My Garmin watch has one. Well, I'll just turn it on. Well, I turned it on, but I didn't turn it on correctly. I turned it on where it's working all the time. That's not good. 
So the lady told me, he goes, she goes, the idea behind the oxygen blood sensor is you want to check yourself maybe once per day and at night when you're sleeping. She says, you have it on all day long. And that could be using a lot of your power. You know, it's just speculating that might be the problem. Also, we think that those two corrupt files were causing my watch to be in a loop and always looking for the files. So anyways, took those files off of my watch and suddenly um, after I rebooted my watch, my watch synced correctly with Garmin, fully, fully synced, um, which was good news. And she turned off the oxygen sensor. So I'm going to follow. She sent me a nice email to follow up. So basically I'd, you know, do something every day with my watch. You'd be either biking or running or rucking or whatever. So I'm going to go a week or two and see how the battery works. If it's going down very, very slowly, like it's supposed to, then it's fixed. But if it down 30, 40% in a few days. I know something's still wrong because these watches are supposed to go 40, 50, 40 to 50 hours. They're really good watches. So I'm hoping that I got that fixed. Yeah. But got that going. What else is going on? Oh, this weekend was Desert Solstice um, put on by Ari Vipa running. Did anybody watch that? I watched part of it. I think it's pretty cool. Desert Solstice is at one of those running events that Ari Vipa puts on at a, it's like a high school track. And, um, you know, Camille Heron, um, Nick, which is Jamil's brother. You know, there's a lot of hotshot pros out there trying to set records for 24 hours, 48 hours. And uh, it's by invitation only. You just can't just sign up and go running, I think. So I watched a part part of it on Saturday and David Laney, you know, from Washington, real tall guy. Story one time I saw David Laney uh, when I was racing in uh, Rocky Raccoon. Of course, he just flew by me like I was standing there. But a really tall guy, really fast runner. And uh, at the time, I think he was running for Nike. Yeah, he was running for Nike. And uh, he ended up winning Rocky Raccoon. Uh, he did a really good job. But now he's running for Kraft, the Swedish brand of shoes. You know, the ones that look kind of like a zebra. Uh, those are pretty cool shoes. I, I mentioned in my TRE. Hey, TRE. I actually got their hat on today. I try to wear different hats. Um, TRE, the running event, which was a few weeks ago. I got a free hat. Uh, pretty cool hat for running. More like a marathon type hat, not a ultra running hat, but I'll use it for I'll use it for running anyways. Um Kraft had a booth there and I tried on their shoes and I was really impressed. You know, those shoes are like 300 bucks. I sure hope they come down. I'd, I'd sure like to have like a solid black or something like that. I don't really want the zebra color. But uh anyways, their first big pro in the US is David Laney. And when I turned on Desert Solstice on Saturday, he was he was winning. He was he was in the lead by five or six miles. But the race is only about I don't know uh, 
eight hours or something like that in. I saw Camaro Heron running around the doing laps. You know, that's kind of her specialty. But I like to do a I like to do a 24 hour, not really 24 hours, just too short for me because I do terrible. I don't terrible. I just don't I would be competitive. The 48 hour would be more my style. Um I did really well in the 48-hour ruck race here in Texas. But I like to do like a 48-hour or even a 72-hour timed event on a track. It sounds like it'd be very boring, but everybody says it's not. And the reason the reason it's not boring is because it's such a small track, everyone becomes a really tight-knit community. It's just one aid station. <coughs> Excuse me. It's just one aid station, so you get to know everybody really well, and you're not constantly seeing each other because it's a quarter-mile track. But everybody, everything I've read and heard on podcasts about uh, timed events on tracks is that it's a lot of fun. I like to do not necessarily one of the invitation ones because I don't think I'd be invited, but Ari Vipel's got a really nice one at the end of December that's got all different distances up to, like, six days. But I'd like not necessarily have to do area bypass because there's an Arizona, but I'd like to do a timed event on a track, maybe 48 or 72 hours. I think it'd be cool. How about you? Let me know if it's something that you'd be interested in. And, um, yeah. Has anybody tried the run gum? I got these, I got these actually a couple of years ago. I mean, they don't expire, but at least I don't think they do. I've tried some. I got I got one of the the free kits, you know. I forget his name, but the guy that runs the company is the former Olympian. He's a good guy. He's got a YouTube channel, cool videos all the time. But um, I got these about yeah, a couple of years ago. I got a pack of all the different flavors, and I've tried some. I still have some. Gave it away some, but it's got um, Print's too small. I can't read it <laughs> without my glasses. But anyways, it's, it's got like these different um, supplements in it that give the caffeine effect, basically. But the weird thing is, I remember I was running in a 5K. It was a short race. And I took two of these and it made my, it made my uh, gum, not my gum, my lip and stuff. Yeah, my gum. A little bit numb. But boy, man, it gives you some pep. It is like gives you like a it's not caffeine it's more like that red bull effect you know because i really know what caffeine feels like because i'm a coffee addict i mean there's nothing like real coffee i mean some people drink red bulls and coke cola and diet coke and all that i drink coke cola in races but i don't do it for the caffeine i do it for the sugar but uh i think this run gum is very interesting let me know let me know what you think about it I'm not sponsored by anything. I had to pay for it. Um, I paid the shipping. I was a, I think it was a free sample, but it's a very interesting idea. I think it's a good idea, but uh, be interesting to. I take it out. I take some of it out to my trail runs, but I've never used it. You know, how would I use it? Maybe I would um, use some of it in the final miles or something like that. But uh, I really just use coffee. I'm just kind of old school that way. I, there's nothing like real coffee, especially hot coffee at a race. You know, uh, I don't use soft flasks that much, but I got two of them that I, 
gave away most of my soft flasks to my brother. But some of my soft flasks are like dark brown, like stained. And the reason is, is because I keep one in my uh, vest. It's full of coffee. Even during the day. I mean, people are like, you're drinking coffee during the day? Yeah, why not? So I can't live without coffee. And uh, going 24 hours without it is not a, not a, not something that's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, let me know what you use to keep yourself awake. But uh, I think the run gum is pretty interesting stuff. Um, uh, Training-wise, um, I thought I was going to run today. But I've got this cold, you know. So I took some, um, you know, nasal medicine, you know, kind of dry myself up. And uh, I'm still finishing antibiotics from my infected toe. So kind of not a good recipe for running. But uh, I did um, go bike about 14 miles today. Pretty good pace, too. I think it was like 13 miles an hour. So I was pushing pretty hard. It was not cold and it was not hot. It was about 60-some degrees. Then when I got... I got home, I ate something, and then I, I did some skiing. So I did 2,000 meters, which usually takes me about 12 minutes. I pushed pretty hard. I'm a pretty good skier, pretty good uh, Nordic skier. Um, and I don't ski in <laughs> Scandinavia. I, just, I have a really good ski machine, and I do it almost every day. I've tried to join the competition. The last competition they had, um, Concept 2 had a competition, but the app wasn't working well. I couldn't really join the races, but I'm going to get it figured out. But it's pretty cool. They um, send me emails all the time. You know, they either have rowing competitions or skiing competitions. I don't have the rower anymore, but I do have the skier. So you can compete from, I can compete from my garage gym, which is where I am at right now. I can compete with anybody in the world. <coughs> pretty cool, beat. cool, cool stuff. I just put my, uh, I put my phone on my ski machine and then uh, I put my phone on my ski machine and then my computer on my ski machine talks to my phone by Bluetooth and then my phone is what's talking to Concept 2 up in New Hampshire or Vermont. I can't even remember where they're at. So, yeah, so the Concept 2 computer talking to my phone by Bluetooth and then my phone talking by Wi-Fi to Concept2 headquarters, giving them all my race data. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. When I was in high school, you know, the phones, you know, we didn't have we didn't have all this stuff. And I remember I worked 12 years with Nokia, and I remember our, when I first started with them, our, our, our mobile phones would go in the car, and it looked like a small little briefcase. <laughs> Is how amazing how things have changed. Yeah, you can compete from your garage against anyone in the world. So you got all these hot shots in Scandinavia that want to ski against me. And here I'm in hot Texas skiing on my ski machine against them in Scandinavia. <laughs> That's funny. I think it's funny. They're not necessarily going to beat me either. I don't care if they ski in the snow every day. I've got a ski machine. I push pretty hard on that thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to those competitions. I like it a lot because for trail running, it's 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 a great cross training because it's it's using poles. I mean, climbing up a mountain and skiing, Nordic skiing, it's the same movement. 
So, and I use poles a lot, you know, especially the last 20 miles of a hundred miler, especially if there's a lot of, you know, hills and elevation or if I'm beat up. <coughs> Excuse me. But um, let me know if you know what what's called, what, if you ever used a ski machine. Ski, it's called a ski erg or ski ERG. You can see in my video out of the corner here, right in front of the Mike Tyson poster. That's my ski machine. <laughs> I got Mike Tyson poster talking to me. And then you can't see it, but I got Muhammad Ali down here looking over somebody he knocked out. And then up on the top, I got Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is my one of my favorite ones. It's It just says conquer, and he's got his arms like this. Oh, what else am I wearing today? I'm wearing my uh, I, I, Arkansas Traveler 100-miler. I, I, I selected this hoodie because I'm in the garage. It's kind of cold, and it's green, so I guess it looks kind of festive for Christmas. But I'm kind of weird about a swag or shirts or hoodies. I don't really like to wear stuff that if I didn't finish the race, I don't DNF that often. But when I do, I, I don't know. I just, it's kind of a jinx or something. I don't know. I'm just kind of weird about it. I just feel uncomfortable wearing stuff, shirts for something I didn't finish. Are you, what do you think about that? Uh, maybe I'm just kind of weird about it. But anyways, Arkansas Traveler, I made it halfway and First time I ever got close to a cutoff, I had to pull out. But I'm going to finish that damn race next year. It's a really tough race in Arkansas. But I've got their hoodie, and I'm wearing it. I don't usually do that, but it's a really, really nice one. Um, very festive. Uh, in the back, it's got some nice decoration as well. They really do a really nice race. If you've ever, excuse me, have a chance to race in Arkansas, it's really a great place to race. They've got... Arkansas Travelers, and they've got a lot of other races, and then they got Run, Run Love It, which is in February. Those are the two big 100-milers. Both of them are kind of master's levels. I'm talking it's a tough race. I mean, you, you maybe have, some of you have seen some of my race reports about Arkansas Travelers, but all that bullshit about walking uphill or hiking uphill, you do that in Arkansas Travelers, you're going to DNF. You have to jog uphill. Why? Because everything is uphill. <laughs> There's some serious mountains in Arkansas. We don't have those in Texas. You know, you're talking about Arkansas, Georgia, Tennessee. They got some serious mountains in Alabama. Um, anyways, planning on doing, I'm doing Run Love It at the end of February. That's even a tougher race. It's got the same elevation as Hard Rock in, in Colorado. So it's pretty tough. So looking forward to that, training hard for it. Um, the rest of the year, I don't really have anything. Well, I want to do Arkansas Travelers, which is in November, if I can get into it. You know, it's only about a two, 300-person race, and you got to register really fast when they open it up. I think I can get into it. It should be no problem. I just need to be organized. But um, some other races I'd like to do um, – some other races I would like to do. Oh, hey, Dr. Andrews on the in the chat. Uh, 
Davis, David's Endurance 25K in Arkansas. I haven't heard of that one, um, but <coughs> I'm definitely looking to it. They've got so many good races in Arkansas. My next Arkansas race is going to be the end of February, which is uh, Run Love It. And that's in the Ochita Forest, which is the same same general area as um, uh, Arkansas Travelers. But they've got so many good races in Arkansas, and they're all difficult. And the competition is very good, too, because University of Arkansas is such a great uh, running school. I mean, cross-country and everything, so... Yeah. Oh, so they have 50K as well, yeah. Yeah, there's some great trail running up there. And uh, you really get a good workout because none of it's flat. My brother recently did a 40-miler in Springdale area, and it was really tough. And uh, also for February, um, it should be cold. If it's not too cold, a cold is good, but if it's, you know, it could be sleet, snow, it can be really tough. So um, we'll have to see. There's also the Hog Eye Marathon. I think that's in April. Um, my brother's actually an ambassador for that. So if anybody wants to run that marathon, I think he can get some discount. But uh, so basically it's a Hog Eye Marathon, Springdale Marathon. Um, or Fayetteville Marathon, I should say. But that's in April. And that's a real big one. Another, th another thing that makes the the Arkansas races so difficult is a lot of them are on mountain bike trails. And uh, because northern Arkansas is famous for um, the um, mountain bike trails. Oh, so you've done the you've done the hog eye, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I bet there's, it's a hilly race. I've never done any marathons in uh, Arkansas, but I've, I've done quite a few in Texas, um, some in Asia. That was a long time ago, but um, one thing I can say about marathons or any races, you know, if you if you if you're doing a road race in a city, you really get to learn the city. You know, I live in Austin, Texas, and I didn't think it was that hilly, but when I did the Austin Marathon, I really learned how hilly it was. <laughs> it's definitely not a flat city. But in Arkansas, a lot of the races are really challenging because they're on mountain bike trails, the trail races. They have really uh, famous mountain bike trails, especially in north northeastern and northwestern Arkansas, Springdale area. <clears throat> I've done some uh, mountain bike trails in Texas, and boy, those were tough. The reason the mountain bike trails are really tough is because they're constantly going up and down, you know, kind of, uh, uh, what do they call them? Uh, lost my train of thought, but short heels, you know. The reason is, is they want the mountain bike guys to not have to go up really high, uh, steep hills, long hills. They want their, their bike to keep momentum so it's fun and they'll keep coming to those trails. So they're kind of always rolling. Yeah, rollers is what I was trying to think of. So, but running those kind of courses on foot will really beat you up. It's really tiring, but um, that's where a lot of races are. Um, 
Just speaking of marathons, I, I one time I not one time, actually a couple times I ran the Shanghai Marathon, and one time I ran the Hong Kong Marathon uh, when I was living in China. One thing very interesting about those marathons is, I mean, they're a, a lot like the ones in North America, as far as the way they're organized, but they have tunnels. And if you've ever run in a tunnel, boy, that's something else. Because when you drive, you know, a tunnel that goes underwater, um, Shanghai has quite a few of them and Hong Kong has some really long ones. You know, when you're riding a car, you know, it might be like a few minutes in a tunnel, but when you're running in one, it might take you 15, 20 minutes to go down and up. And I was running in the Shanghai Marathon. I remember pretty, uh, those are all, that, run, that marathon's always late, late uh, November. Hey, hey, JV. Thanks for joining. Um, I was running the Shanghai Marathon and it was cold. I want to say it was probably in the 30s because it's usually late November, early December. And I went into that tunnel and it was really warm. And I stayed in that tunnel for like 20 minutes. You know, you go way down, and you come up again, and then you come back out in 30 degree weather. I mean, I, had a, I started sweating and then I came out in the freezing weather. It's really tough. Hong Kong, the same. And when you go in those really long tunnels, uh, there's like, uh, even though there's no cars in them, you still can smell like the, the exhaust from the cars and stuff like that. It's really tough. <coughs> yeah. Well, I was hoping my brother would join me. Uh, my, my brother, um, they call him the ultra trucker. Um, he has a very interesting story. He drives his truck all over the USA. He works for Tyson. And uh, he gets in his training miles at truck stops. And like right now, he's I think he's in Scranton, Pennsylvania, near the AT, so he can run on trails. But he has to find, make do for wherever his truck it happens to be when he parks to find a place to run. So... Sometimes he's running around truck stops or running down the media. <laughs> Pretty interesting. But um, yeah, for, for everyone that just joined me yesterday, we were talking about the Brazos Bend 100 miler. So I finished that 28 hours. It was, um, it was pretty tough. Um, had some interesting uh, calls where I, uh, Saw, I saw one alligator on the bank. I uh, was running through the dark, and uh, these alligators are really big. I mean, some of them the size of small cars, and the alligator had its head on the bank, and his body was, you know, floating in the water. And as I was running by, I just kind of looked inside to side, no, no particular reason. <coughs> but I shined my light into the alligator's eyes on accident. I didn't do it on purpose. It just happened to be where I was looking and he got upset. And this was probably about eight foot alligator. And I run by him. He had kind of opened his mouth. He didn't hiss at me or, or growl like they will. They make a really loud growl, kind of like a gorilla or something or a Russian boar. And uh, I didn't think much of it. I thought, well, okay. He's, he's not that he, he, he didn't like me, but he didn't really do much. 
but I ran another 50 yards or I guess, you know, another minute or so. And I heard two ladies screaming. I turned around and uh, it looked, sounded like they had shined their lights in that same alligator's eyes. And uh, he kind of moved around fast in the water and put out a big roar, but he didn't come out of the water. He didn't come up on the bank because, I mean, if he wanted to, alligators don't attack people. Uh, it's very rare. I mean, they might attack dogs. They don't very rarely attack children too, at least out in this park. And uh, because if he wanted to catch you, he could. I mean, alligators can run 30 miles an hour for like 100 yards or something like that. But um, interesting thing was the next, I think it was the next, next or the following aid station, I saw the two ladies and um, I, we started talking about the alligator and they thought the alligator was coming after me <laughs> because, I, you know, I kind of jumped when I heard it too. I didn't, I thought he might be coming in after me, but it was pretty spooky because this is all happening in pitch dark. You know, it's very dark on the trail except for our, where our lights are. But when you're running down the trail, you can see the alligator's eyes, you know, sometimes they're orange, sometimes they're red. Um, but even though they're somewhat, you know, not going to safe, not going to bother you, still spooks you a little bit, especially after you've been running for a really long time. But, uh, yeah, but, um, got through that race and, uh, Looking forward to Bandera 100K. I have Bandera 100K um, the beginning of January. I think it's around January 6th. So it's coming up in uh, a little less than a month. That's a race that I know really well. I've run it five times, five years in a row. and It's a race that I try to do every year. Bandera is only about two and a half hour drive from where I live. And uh, it's actually very close to where I grew up. And uh, it's in the Texas Hill Country. Uh, really nice race. It's also a Western States Golden Ticket race. So a lot of pros come in. They're trying to get the first way the Golden Ticket races is for Western States, which is the race in California from Squaw Valley to Auburn. They have four races a year, which are Golden Ticket races. So if you get first or second in this race, Bandera, on the male or female side, you get a free ticket a free entry into Western States because Western States is really hard to get into because there's about, well, this year they were in the lottery. They have a lottery because they can only have about less than 400 people in the race. And they choose 264 in the lottery because some of the slots go to sponsors and pros and stuff like that. Well, this year they had over 30,000 people wanting to get, wanting to race qualified for the race you know like myself i qualified too i only had two tickets because i didn't get in last year so that it doubles every year so i had two tickets i didn't get in this year so next year i have four tickets so anyways bandera is a, a golden ticket race so we often see pros come in from california colorado actually a pro from san antonio from texas won it last year That's what I'm looking forward to. And then, like I said, I have the Run Love It, which is the end of February. I'm not real sure what I'm gonna do the rest of the year, other than November. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get into uh, Arkansas Travelers again.
But if I can't get into Arkansas travel or some other races I'd like to do is Alabama Penhody, which is also in November. There's a lot of good ones right in November, October timeframe. Um, I wouldn't mind doing Havelina 100 again. I've done that race twice. That's in Phoenix, Phoenix Desert. Uh, just a really awesome race. Uh, Ari Viper running puts on a great race. It's actually the biggest ultra in uh, the U.S. You know, it's over a thousand runners and it's uh, five loops. <coughs> What's cool about that race is every all the aid stations have like entertainment and dancing and uh, just really cool aid stations, you know, cheeseburgers, whatever you want. <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Really pizza at a race. Um, it's a really nice race. Of course, the entry fee is a little bit higher than other, other places, but it's cool. One thing that's cool about that race is like I said, five loops and every loop you change direction. So it's like washing machine style. So, you're always seeing people again and the pros will pass. You'll see the pros coming, you know, passing you or coming at you. It's pretty cool. Um, but I might like to do that race again. Um, so Alabama at Penhody, and I just want to do that one race in Alabama. It's Northern Alabama. It's really famous. Penhody trail. Uh, there's a couple in Georgia I'd like to do like Georgia jewel, and uh, a couple others. Um, in Tennessee, they have the No Business 100 I'd like to do, which is pretty famous. And then up on the on the East Coast in Virginia, they have a couple of races I'd like to do. So I've kind of made my mind up that I'm not going to duplicate races anymore. I used to do that all the time, and I, running all these ones in Texas several times. The only one I'm going to run every year is Bandera 100K. And 100K really doesn't beat me up too much. I mean, I can run another race in three weeks later, you know? So my goal is to not do, do these hundred milers in Texas. I'm not going to run them again. I finished them. Some of it, you know, so some of them run more than one time. I plan, I just want to see the uh, new races around the U S there's so many of them. And uh, I like these, I really got the bug for these mountain races. They're more difficult, but a lot more scenic, uh, just a lot cool, you know, a lot cooler. I mean, uh, you know, running in a, you know, state park on a flat loop, you know, it's really kind of boring. So I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'm going to be doing mountain races here on out. I try to get into some more adventure racing. I also still want to do hydrox racing, which is like my ski machine. Um, they do, um, they push a weight sled, ski machine, do running. Hydrox is a big organization out of Germany. They've been putting on races all over the US. It's pretty cool. It's kind of competition with CrossFit. And also Spartan. You know, Spartan's getting into trail racing more and more. I would like to do a Spartan race, maybe a longer one, but my, the reason I haven't done any is because I just not very I'm not very strong for the obstacles. I mean I'm pretty strong. I work out weights all the time, but it's a different animal doing all those obstacles. You know the rings and everything. I just I just couldn't do that. 
in a Spartan race, if you fall off an obstacle or you can't do the obstacle, you got to do 10 burpees. I'd be doing burpees all day long. <laughs> That'd be pretty tough. Running a hard trot race and then having to do 10 burpees here, 10 burpees there. It'd be pretty tough. Except for some of my friends. Some of my friends have got YouTube channels where they're doing 200, 300 burpees a day. It's amazing. I don't know how to do it. Uh, one, of, one of my friends, Fitness Throstle, he... His his YouTube channel, he's doing burpees every day, and he does so many different types of burpees, and he's doing it upstate New York, and he does them outside. Sometimes it's snowing, and he's doing them out there. It's amazing, very uh, motivating. But, um, yeah, so I'm excited. I'm excited for next year. I think there's a, I'm going to do some cool races. I might try these, you know, different things. I'm going to be doing my ski Ski racing, which I can do from my garage. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to be doing trail races. Um, I'm not going to do any Spartan races next year. Um, I just like to do some epic races, you know. I'd like to do some adventure racing. I just don't have any friends that like to do that, you know, where I don't really want to do the compass, you know, using the compass type racing, but. I think it'd be cool to like do one of those adventure races where you have to like, you know, row in a canoe and then run across the jungle, ride a bike. I can do all those things very well. Um, orienteering. That's what I was trying to think of. Are they using the compass, you know, kind of like in the Barclays marathon. I don't know how to do that. I would like to learn how to do that, but uh, something like the Barclays marathon doesn't, doesn't, uh, Yeah, that is this does very dedicated with the burpees. His his ch his channel's fitness throstle. I think I think a lot of my running friends, uh, you may you may know him also, uh, Doctor Andrew. He's he's in, he's in, he's intense. I mean, literally doing 300, 400 burpees per day, and uh, he's got so many different types of burpees. He's got like um, Navy Seal ones, and they just got so many different variations. But I guess if you did them every day, you know, it's like push-ups and pull-ups. If you did them every day, you'd get pretty good at them. And he definitely is pretty good at them. But he literally does it every day and broadcasts it every day. But he's got some friends that do the same thing. And uh, it's pretty intense. But Spartan Racing, you know, Spartan has uh, a couple competitors. I, I can't remember the names right now. But not all of them require you to do burpees when you mess up an obstacle. But Spartan does. You have to do 10 burpees. If you ever want to see some really cool racing on YouTube, check out the Spartan races. There is no racing out there that has better coverage than Spartan racing. It's just amazing. Amazing. They have trail runners, pro trail runners running with GoPros with the leaders to film them. And uh, four wheelers everywhere. But literally, they'll be running up a mountain and, and you'll see in the pros competing against each other like right there live on youtube and you're like how are they doing this well they're doing it because they got a pro trail runner running next to them with a gopro it's amazing but uh and then they mash all those videos together but the spartan videos on youtube are really amazing uh, i get a big kick out of watching them that's really what got me interested in spartan racing i've heard about it but i've never been to one but i don't have to go to one you know watch the videos on youtube and it's like you it's like you're flying in a drone 
Well, they're using drones also, but I mean, you, you can see the race so live. I mean, if I compare it to trail racing, I mean, if you're not talking about UTMB in France or Western States or some of our Aria Vipa's races and um, where they use drones and people with GoPros, most races you, you can't see anything, you know, because the race, that's probably one of the reasons that they'll never have trail racing in the Olympics is because it's so hard to cover it, you know, with cameras and stuff. But some of these races do a really good job at it, but Spartan does a great job of it. But, um, yeah, so that's what I got planned for next year. Yeah, I'm going to try to back off the 100-mile distance a little bit. Um, I get foolish sometimes signing up for more than one or two in a year. Um, it really beats me up really bad, and that's not a good idea, I know. The 100Ks, I can do those all year long, and it doesn't bother me that much. But, I mean, you got to be really careful with the 100-milers because it really just – does it you know puts does a toll on your body um yeah um thanks uh everybody for joining tonight um i think i'm gonna wrap it up i don't have anything else on mind to talk about today but um uh dr andrew jb thanks for joining and uh stay tuned i think i might have another broadcast tomorrow night but uh thank you all have a good evening Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.